Hello again, welcome to another episode of the Uranium Market Minute. Today is Thursday, August 25th, and this is episode number 172. My name is Justin Hewn. I am your host and the founder and publisher of the Uranium Insider Pro Newsletter, the only investing newsletter that focuses solely on uranium, finds the best risk-reward investment opportunities in the space, and publishes on a regular monthly basis. As always, nothing that you see or hear in this podcast is intended to be investing advice. I'm not your financial advisor. This is not financial advice. Please always do your own due diligence when it comes to investing, and always take responsibility for your own choices. All right, good to be back with you guys again today. Um, had a decent day in the markets, honestly, after an absolutely huge uh, breakout recognition day yesterday to see most of the stocks within the uranium space hang on to those gains for the most part. In fact, we had a number of, of stocks end up in the green today after huge days yesterday. Um, most of the space was up between 10 and 20% on the day in a single day yesterday. Absolutely huge. Um, that a lot of that move, in my opinion, came from the uh, the news coming out of Japan, which I spoke about yesterday. Japan's Prime Minister Kishida wanting to restart seven more reactors by the middle of next year. Very, very bullish news. Um, today, I'm going to talk about my uh, estimation of how some renewed flows into SPUT could result in drastic price increases in the mailbag section. Before we do that, let's run quickly through the daily scoreboard and the charts. Spot price of uranium holding firm at 48.50 a pound. Um, still very quiet. Spot yesterday, after a very, very long hiatus, issued 291,000 new units, raising an additional 3.5 million in new uh, money. Pretty big deal. Uh, the spot discount to NAV closed yesterday almost completely to very small, minus 0.65%. They actually were at a premium at a couple of points throughout the day, hence the raising. This is the smallest discount to NAV in months, and today that, that discount to NAV shrunk even further as of the close today. Um, cash in its treasury, 35 million, and yesterday they did buy 100,000 pounds more of uranium. Turning to the ETFs, URA reported an additional 270,000 shares in redemptions. URNM reported no change. That was 4.1 million in mandated selling. Uh, that probably was Monday, most likely. Yesterday, the joint assets under management uh, between URA and URNM increased by a whopping 244 million yesterday alone. The total AUM between these two ETFs, 2.54 billion, that is now less than a billion, 850 million down from the highs of mid-April of this year. So why don't we go ahead on that note and take a look at the charts. URA today up 0.49% on the day, decently large volume again, very, very good to see the huge gains of yesterday hold today, did dip down on the day, intraday saw some dip buying, got rejected right at the declining 200 day moving average. Now, if we reverse from here, that would not be a great sign. If you go back to uh, early June, we got rejected at the 200-day moving average. At that point, it was still on the rise. Now that 200-day is falling and we just got rejected, will we see a pullback from here? I don't really know. It stands to be seen. It's good to see that we are back above that lower trend line within this accumulation cylinder. URNM, or a basket of miners, relative to the spot price of uranium, which did hold firm. Uh, throughout the day. Today, up slightly. Uh, this chart is definitely shaping up in terms of valuation of these equities relative to the spot price of uranium. Cameco finished up almost 1% on the day. 
um, after uh, some dip buying and some selling coming in. Very big volume again for Cameco. Beautiful looking chart. URA relative to the S&P, uh, underperformed the S&P today. So the S&P actually was up nicely on the day. And the URA, while it ended up, did underperform the S&P. But we are uh, nicely above that trend line for this relative performance chart. Sprott Physical Uranium Trust uh, traded at uh, significantly higher than average trading volume today. Again, printed a nice hammer candle today, closed slightly down on the day. Finally, I wanted to show this chart, which I don't look at too often, but I honestly think this is a very, very nice looking chart here. Um, if we, uh, let me, I'm going to hide these moving averages just to clean it up a little bit. You zoom out on this chart. What's your impression of this chart? I mean, this is a beautiful series of higher highs and higher lows. This chart looks very, very bullish to me. And now we have this sort of, uh, it, it's almost like a, like a bull pennant here um, coming down like this. Uh, this looks like it's ready to make a move in one direction or another. And in my opinion, this is a very, very bullish looking chart. And zooming out on this, absolutely beautiful. This big rounding bottom here. Um, very nice to see this chart set up. Now, I don't really chart. Honestly, charting commodities is a little bit strange to me, especially commodities like uranium that don't really have a futures market or paper trading market. Uh, this commodity is essential for um, industry or the nuclear industry. And therefore, it trades how it trades based on supply and demand fundamentals, not necessarily based on charting the commodity itself. But all of that said, this is a beauty. All right, mailbag section. So my friend on Twitter, Nick Jones, uh, tweeted out yesterday about um, basically saying that the carry trade unwind or the reverse carry trade, and this is something I spoke about maybe six to eight months ago during the uh, really heavy buying of SPUT, the implications of, of this carry trade pounds being sold to SPUT. I'm going to talk about that briefly again, but Nick tweeted basically saying that uh, he he's assuming that most, if not all, of the available carry trade pounds that could be shaken out in a backwardated market uh, and sold to SPUT have been shaken out and sold to SPUT. And therefore, his assumption and mine as well, in fact, I retweeted his tweet with a bit of a translation um, uh, kind of to the retail audience on Twitter of what that really means. And so essentially what it means is this. During the heavy buying of SPUT, that we saw back in late August, September, October of last year, the spot price of uranium shot up really quickly and it shot above the midterm and long-term pricing for uranium, okay? So the market was backwardated in that the, uh, the front month or front year for spot uranium price was considerably higher than the long-term price, that's backwardation. Now, <clears throat> during in this backwardated market, what you have is something called carry traders. And these are traders that are, um, they're not necessarily producing the product, right? They're, they're just an intermediary, but they are selling contracts to nuclear utilities, and then they are sourcing the pounds as part of that service. And so let's say they would they would uh, sign a contract for um, to provide pounds to Duke Energy, okay, for example. And <clears throat> these pounds would be for delivery in 2025, let's say for a three-year time period. And then the carry trader would go out and buy those pounds in the market, sometimes from the spot market, sometimes from an offtake from a producer, whether that was BHP or, Uz or the Uzbeks, whoever it might be, right? So the trader would actually carry those pounds, um, hold them on their books, and deliver those pounds to the utility. And the trader would add their cost of capital, add a bit of profit. And that is a service that was 
massively beneficial, um, obviously to the traders, but to the utilities as well. And it did, it really went a long way to help clear out a lot of the above ground mobile inventory from the oversupply of the previous decade. So there's a certain amount of pounds held, held in carry that, um, you know, there was an estimations that were coming from various industry players, including the guys from Segra. Uh, there are a couple of other folks that I'm forgetting at the time who it was. It doesn't really matter. These are industry players that know pretty well what's out there in the nuclear fuels market. But an estimation of maybe somewhere between 25 and 35 to 40 million pounds total held in carry, generally speaking. Okay, so we had... Um, you know, since inception, Spud has purchased almost 40 million pounds, like almost uh, it's pushing 37 million pounds since their ATM went live a year ago. So what would happen in this backwardated market is that a carry trader would sell the pounds they're holding in carry to Spud uh, and, and to the Sprott Physical Uranium Trust at the present spot price, uh, spot price at the time, which was, you know, 50s, let's just say. Then they would go to the midterm market and buy pounds from whether that was Uranium One or Arano or uh, the Kazakhs or the Uzbeks, and they would cover those pounds at a lower price than they sold to Sprott. This happened significantly, and a lot of the liquidity and a lot of the available pounds that, that Sprott purchased during that heavy risk-on period when the, the funds were really flowing, uh, and that provided a lot of liquidity for, for Sprott and the heavy purchasing that they've done. What it also did is acted as a bit of a buffer because rather than there being all of these pounds just sitting there on the spot market, which there is not, spot market is quite thin. Now there's there's certainly a decent amount of pounds, you know, a couple million pounds per month coming from BHP, coming from the Uzbeks, coming from traders uh, that, are, that are being sold, uh, coming from Murano, et cetera, being sold into the spot market on an ongoing basis. So it's not like it's this static amount of uranium and once it's gone, it's gone. You'll constantly have some production going into the spot market. But what you had is these pounds that were kind of in this intermediary, these carry traders that are holding those pounds for the purpose of delivering to a utility in a contract that for the time being in a backwardated market, they could make a nice profit by selling those carried pounds to, uh, to Sprott and covering their, their obligatory contract by buying the pounds back from midterm contracts. And that came from a number of, of low cost suppliers, BHP or the Uzbeks, whoever, right? So that buffer, essentially, as, as much as this caused a price rise in, in, during last year when, when Sput was buying heavily, there was a lot of liquidity that came from that carry trade unwind. Now we can assume that a lot of the carried pounds, I would argue probably a majority of what was held has been shaken out. Okay, so what does that mean? Now that means that the pounds that were held in carry by purchasing from, from midterm contracts, uh, not only are we closer to the delivery period for those contracts, but it's unlikely that we'll see as much of a buffer in terms of pounds held in carry that can be shaken out in a backwardated market if and when we get back to that point coming from financial players being back into a risk-on mode in the investing uh, markets and money coming into the spot vehicle. So all that is to say that it is entirely possible that when we have risk come back on into this market in a significant way, and yesterday and to some extent today, started to see that that's the best we've seen in a number of months, right? So something's happening here. To the extent that we can see a similar moment where risk is repeatedly being put on, volume is coming into the spot vehicle, and we see a, a drastic rise in price, 
there's going to be less available pounds held in carry to be shaken out and sold to spot. What does that mean? That means that the setup for the financial interests in this market to significantly move this market is better than it was the last time around. So that all that is to say, I expect sharper moves in price when and if risk comes back on in this market. I'm not saying that's happening tomorrow. I'm not saying that's happening next week. What I am saying is 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 bound to happen likely in the short to the midterm is a trickling down of demand for U308. Very, very bullish commentary coming from Tim Gitzel, the CEO of uh, Cameco. In fact, I'm going to bring that up right now and see if I can find that tweet. This came from Nostra Thomas uh, on Twitter. And he, uh, let's see, let me find this tweet. I apologize. Okay, so um, Cameco was on BNN today and there was a quote that he shared from Tim Gitzel. Okay, we are as busy as we have ever been. Market is the strongest in my 40 years. We have a lot of new contracts in the pipeline. We have a team in Japan this weekend talking about their needs. The world needs more uranium. So basically the guys from Cameco are, are really using quite strong language here in terms of what they're experiencing in demand for U308. So this is happening, it's happening and it's coming. And if this demand for U308 from the utilities coincides with a risk on period in the markets, we really could see very, very sharp price uh, movements in the spot price of uranium. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that a buffer that did exist is going to exist at the very least to a lesser extent during the next period of risk on. Going to be an exciting time, uh, the, the remainder of this year and probably into next year and perhaps even beyond. And honestly, I think we see a strong bull market for this commodity until we see new significant enrichment capacity in the West, and that could take years. So we could be really on the cusp of a, a Super Bowl, a commodity Super Bowl, um, especially for uranium, because this setup is very, very unique in terms of the uh, commodities markets. All right, I'm going to leave you all with that. Thank you so much for watching. I do appreciate you. I don't say this too much, but um, if you do enjoy these videos, I would really appreciate you uh, liking the video, leaving me a comment, um, subscribing to the channel. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, if you want to leave me a review, I would greatly appreciate it. Please leave an honest review. I'm not asking you to uh, to say something positive just for the sake of saying something positive. Please be honest. Um, anyways, I appreciate having this platform. Thank you for watching and I will see you tomorrow. Take care. Cheers.